definitely over the years and as I've grown older, um, I don't feel as nervous just because I always like tell myself like, this is who I am. And like, I know that I'm beautiful and that I'm awesome. And like, I don't need, do you know what I mean? Like, I don't really need to care about what everyone else thinks. Welcome back to Very Nearly Almost Podcast. I'm your host, Lindsay Sullivan. This is such a good one today, you guys. I have conducted an interview with Allison Lee. Allison Lee is only 16 years old, but she is doing so much for the alopecia community. She is at alopecia for a very long time, and she and I are both members of what we have co-founded and call the Alopecia Justice League. It's myself, her amazing mother, Julie, and Dr. Kristen Lasico at NYU, and basically the four of us put our heads together to try to implement real advocacy and policy change for those in the alopecia community. Our latest venture was a photo montage to promote awareness for Bill HR 5430. You can check it out at Alopecia Justice League on Instagram. And get this, Congresswoman Ayanna Presley was a participant and Allison truly spearheads um, our Instagram account and so many of the things that we do. So I got so much from talking to her and I feel very confident that you will as well. She's truly just such a light and I really hope that you guys enjoy this conversation. Guys, I am here with a actual superhero, Allison Lee, who is just wonderful. She is 16 years old and just like running stuff. She and her mother, I have the pleasure of working with them in what is called the Alopecia Justice League. And we're going to talk to you a little bit about that. But I've wanted to sit down with Allison for a really long time because I just think she is this beacon of light for our community and especially at such a young age. Welcome, Allison. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So glad you're here. So Allison, you're 16 now. You just celebrated your birthday. I feel like that was so recent. How was? Was it good? It was nice. Yeah. It was nice to go you away. Went, you went skiing. You went to a Knicks game. I feel like that was that was the rumor I heard. Yes. Just, yeah. How is being 16 now? How is that? It's been nice. It doesn't really feel like I'm 16, but I don't know. Glad that I can drive and get my license and everything. Oh my God. She's so brave. Driving in New York City? Potentially. Potentially. Oh my gosh. Because you're a superhero. That's why. So you started losing your hair, I believe. You've had alopecia universalis since you were five. Is that correct? Yes. I've had it for 11 years now. Oh my gosh. So Allison, what was your initial understanding about losing your hair that you remember at that age? Yeah. So I think it was very interesting because, because I lost my hair when I was around five years old, it didn't really occur to me, I guess. And I didn't really register, um, I guess everyone's surrounding reactions. And so I want to say that losing my hair when I was five, didn't have as big of an impact as it does as I got older. And I, I want to say that obviously, you know, I would get some questions from my classmates, but I feel like the reactions and my awareness surrounding them has definitely heightened as I've grown older. 
Was there sort of a moment or a memory of when that sort of changed and that flipped? Because I feel like when you're a kid, you're kind of like, yeah, I'm just like living my life. And then something can happen or a series of events can happen that make you sort of aware of yourself. Totally. So when I was in elementary school, I would switch between wearing a bandana and a wig. I want to say I predominantly wore wigs. And although I liked being able to wear wigs and switch the hairstyle, I definitely preferred wearing bandanas just because they were more comfortable, mm-hmm. you know, during the summer it gets really hot mm-hmm. and itchy. However, I do remember, I think when I was in third grade, I was wearing my wig and it was at recess and a boy in my class, actually my friend came up to me and pulled off my wig in front of my entire school. And I want to say that was definitely probably the most, um, I want to say traumatic looking back. I don't, Mm. I don't want to say like totally traumatic, but probably the biggest thing that's ever happened to me relating to my Mm. album. However, after that happened and my wig was torn off, my wig was ripped off of my head. I decided from there on that I was going to wear bandanas. Mm. And so since that day I've adopted, I guess my, trademark look if you will which is just this blue bandana and it's definitely a lot more comfortable but it's also helped me gain my confidence Hmm. um, and made me I guess embrace my alopecia completely wow yeah I've I've always noticed your signature blue bandana since you started coming to the meetings um and I love it I'm a big fan of bandanas those were huge for me in middle school also, because you're kind of running around doing stuff. I know you're a soccer player. um, So that must be very helpful. Yeah. That sounds like a really harsh, terrible situation. And you said this was a friend of yours. Yeah. We were actually pretty close friends. And I, to this day, I'm not really sure why he did that. I think it was, he was trying to do it to be funny, but obviously it was not very funny in the moment. I was definitely very traumatized. Like Mm. right after that happened, I think I cried, but Mm. looking back, I'm somewhat glad that that actually happened because I think that that has shaped me into the person who I am today and really just, I guess, boosted my confidence and like pushed me out of my comfort zone. That is amazing. That is so, I had a lot of instances where people either ripped my hats off Um, and that was not the reaction I had. So I think that is so phenomenal that, that, that was sort of your turning point to view this as a confidence maker. Um, did you ever receive treatment for your alopecia? Yes. So when I was, I want to say since I've had alopecia, so since five, I, um, have been trying various things. I did topical and also Mm -hmm. oral pills And although certain things did show some signs of progress, so I would have some baby hairs, I never really gained anything significant. And so when I was younger, I definitely, I would go to the doctor's office every week to get topical treatments. Mm. But as I've grown older, although I am still trying things, I want to say I've definitely um, have been taking a less aggressive approach to it. it. Got it. And is that, do you find um, that that is related to you stepping into your confidence with your present like situation? Yeah, definitely. I think that as I've grown older and I've learned to become more comfortable and embrace 
my appearance, my identity, my urge, I guess, desire to grow hair. Obviously, I would like to grow hair, but it's not um, something that's been at the front of my mind as it was when I was younger. That's incredible. So what have been some of the, obviously you just shared a very hard moment. Thank you for doing that, that you turned into an opportunity. Um, and to me, that is like such a testament to your character and like what I know of you um, so far. What was a, can you tell me about a good moment when like maybe you had a friend support you when you sort of stepped into um, what was going on with your hair? Yeah. Um, a good moment that I do remember relating to elementary school was actually one day my mom brought in a bunch of wigs to school, like fun wigs that she probably bought from Party City, like clown wigs. Red wigs. Yeah. And that was a really fun day just because she wore, and I also talked about like my alopecia experience and also just wearing a wig. And I thought that that was really great because all of my classmates were so supportive and understanding and they were all having so much fun kind of, uh, I guess, trying out um, changing their appearances. Yeah. That was a really fun moment. And it really opened my eyes to how like there's support all around me, even if I didn't notice it at first. That is, first of all, your mother is also a superhero, um, Julie Yu. And what a great idea. Cause I've heard so many things about like talking to a principal, talking to a teacher, talking to a class to get people acquainted. What a fun idea to just make it a wig party and be like, this isn't weird. We're all doing it. And this is like way more fun. How old were you when that happened? I was, it was definitely in like third grade, third, second, second or third grade. So that means I was six or seven being that young back in third grade and now being in high school, are you finding that like people in the suburbs, like the people you are growing up with in school, is that kind of the same group of kids in your realm now, or has that sort of scattered a little bit? So I switched schools uh, when I graduated from elementary school, which was in fifth grade to the school that I'm currently at. Um, however, I have stayed in touch with some of my friends from my old school, but I would say that part of my life has definitely changed, but I'm still in close contact with a lot of people who I've known since um, before I had alopecia to when I was kind of losing in the process of losing my hair to, I guess now where like, people have, who've met me have only known me um, with like being completely bald. Wow. That's a, that's a, I mean, switching schools is always hard, but that's a really tough age. So you had, you know, third grade, you have wigs Palooza. Thanks mom. So you're like the coolest kid in school. What, what was it like? Were like, were you kind of freaking out switching schools um, with everything going on and like telling new people about alopecia? Yeah, that was definitely something the back of my mind. I mean, although I did know some people Mm -hmm. going into the school, that's always something that I I've always thought about whenever I'm going to a new camp, a new class or anything where I'm meeting new people. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to say that I worry about it, but it's definitely something that I consider and maybe add some extra nerves. Mm-hmm. However, definitely over the years and as I've grown older, um, I don't feel as nervous just because I always like tell myself like, this is who I am. And like, I know 
that I'm beautiful and that I'm awesome. And like, I don't need, do you know what I mean? Like, I don't really need to care about what everyone else thinks. I was literally going to follow up that question with like, what is your advice to someone with alopecia in a new situation? But you just gave that, you just answered my question beautifully. Obviously like the way we always hope progress works is that things are getting better and better and better and meeting someone who is 16, like yourself. I know that to be true. And, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on in the world right now that is really scary and really serious. Um, but I see people like you who do feel empowered in themselves and who take that empowerment and spread it to others. What, especially your generation, like what are some of the things about this generation that to me, it might be one of the best times to be different, um, being in that generation, like in the thick of it, is that true? Like, do you find in high school now that a lot of the, because I know there's the concern of social media and like cyberbullying and things like that. And I think those things are very real, but as an insider in the high school halls, um, is being, does being different feel good to you in this day and age? Yeah. So I think that being different has, as I've said a lot, has shaped me into the person who I am today, you know, with today's generation, because there's such a great focus on, on technology and social media, it's definitely a good side and a bad side because good side in that with uh, social media platforms like TikTok and Instagram, it's so easily accessible to find people who mm-hmm. also have alopecia, mm-hmm. alopecia influencers, if you will. And that following their lifestyle and their tips has also been really helpful. But then obviously there's the flip side where I guess the society's main narrative of there being stigmatism around being bald and just um, the lack of awareness for alopecia, which I feel like is fueled through social media. That also sucks. But overall, I think that it's good. I'm glad that I'm different in today's age. Yeah. How do you sort of go about telling new people, especially other people your age? Because I find that when I was in school doing activities, um, yes, like you kind of grow up with these people that move through the grades with you, but because of the, you know, you do soccer, you do all this alopecia advocacy work. My guess is you're a very involved uh, individual. What is it like sort of explaining alopecia universalis to kids your age? Yeah. So I would say that actually interesting as I've grown older, I get less questions from really close or uh, my friends about Mm -hmm. alopecia. But when I have alopecia, I've, or when I'm explaining about my experience, I first try and explain what alopecia is. So like from a medical, simplified medical perspective, I guess. And then also just talking about my experience. And what I've found is that my friend's feedback has always been very supportive. Um, There's nothing really like mean or nasty tied to that. So that's been really positive. But usually I kind of wait to tell people that I have alopecia. I mean, obviously you can see that I have, that I have something, but I usually tell people that I have alopecia once I've gone in to know them and grown mm-hmm. closer, closer with them. And I think that that is really important just so that you can really get across like your experience and to have a positive transaction with that. That totally makes sense. What is your support system 
look like? I know it's your amazing mother who is such a champion for, you know, she doesn't have alopecia to my knowledge and she is just so awesome. Can you tell me a little bit about working together with her and like coming together to sort of, um, support others? Yeah. My mom has definitely been probably one of my biggest supporters. She is helped me so much along this journey and has really given me a lot of strength. And she's also been really supportive in helping me help other people in the alopecia community. And I think also my sister has alopecia. She's younger than me. Hmm. That um, aspect or commonality between us has definitely strengthened our bond. Hmm. Another thing that, or another resource that's really helpful is actually your support group. You know, the leader support group. And when I first went to the support group meeting in last year, two years ago. Yeah, it's um, time is such a blur thing now. But yes, I do remember when you and your mother first attended. That was really like that really opened my eyes because I mm. before that moment, I want to say I knew maybe two people without mm-hmm. or I met two people without Alicia. And being in that room, there were probably what 10, 12, like there were more people in that room with alopecia than I've ever met yeah. in my so that is really eye-opening and also hearing the experiences of adults and people who've had alopecia or who started having alopecia um, at the same age as me. And also now that they're what 20 in their twenties, late thirties, that was really awesome to hear. So, yeah. Yeah. How old is your little sister? I do remember you and your mom mentioning that. My sister is 11 years old. What an amazing role model she has in you. Um, how, has that been something that she feels, you know, almost again, like how progress moves forward. Do you find that she is like super confident in it in looking to you? Or is it something that maybe sometimes, and I'm very conscious of this as a support group leader, sometimes having alopecia and being around someone with alopecia, who's confident can be kind of like, I think sometimes in, when you're in certain headspaces, it can feel a little off-putting because you're just like, but I just don't see myself that way in this moment today. Um, do you feel comfortable sharing a little bit about that with me? Yeah, I think I definitely see myself in her. And sometimes, or whenever she has an occurrence relating to alopecia, she always tells me. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of funny because the things, like some of the things her classmates may say to her, I remember having those experiences. And so it's kind of like she's on the same, obviously she's on her different journey, but there are a lot of commonalities between us and she's in middle school right now. And I think Mm -hmm. that um, uh, her experiences definitely remind me of my middle school experiences. And so I try to um, always be a support, like always provide support for her and give her advice but I think that she's definitely confident with alopecia. Um, she also has like kind of her trademark thing, which is wearing a hat. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I wore one of my favorite hats today. You know, yeah, I really like the flowers. Thank you. Target. I got it from Target. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Um, wow. So in addition to your wonderful family, what does your support system look like? I kind of want to hear a little bit about these amazing friends that you have and that you've sort of grown up with and that don't ask like annoying questions to you? Yeah. So I would say I usually look to my really close friends whenever, um, 
I have like something really annoying happens. And obviously, you know, I've come so far in my journey, but everyone has rough days. Mm -hmm. I either talk to them about it and they're also really supportive. And because I've been, I've known them for so long, you know, they have an understanding of what it's like through what I've told them. But another thing that's really been helpful is I look to writing as an outlet. Mm. And so whether it's like uh, journaling about something mm. about my day or what's been on my mind, I've also been going into creative writing. That's amazing. Been a really fun opportunity for me to tie in my past experiences with alopecia and also try and leave readers with a message and a new understanding of what alopecia is and um, the experiences, the general experiences of people with alopecia and who are different um, to society's norms, if you will. That is amazing. So is it, um, obviously journaling is so helpful and wonderful. I'm a big fan of using writing to deal with emotion as well. Um, do you find that you're writing like essays or is your creative writing, is it maybe fictional inspired by stuff that you've gone through with alopecia? Yeah. So I've written an array of things. I've written journalism articles about, um, I actually, I'm part of my school science paper. And so I write, okay, Allison, you're also part of the science paper. She's amazing. Um, I write articles about recent, um, findings related to autoimmune diseases that are tied to alopecia but I also have written for example I wrote a romantic comedy about oh my gosh had alopecia and that was really funny just because I was able to tie in my past experiences but also my advocacy passions and just everything and so that was a really fun opportunity so yeah Girl, I'm a producer. Can we produce this? Like uh, alopecia rom-com? That's exactly what the world needs. What is it called? Tell me everything. Uh, I haven't, I don't have a name for it, but it's Not yet. about a college student who um, comes to New York uh, to meet her, this famous author. And her suspicion is that he has alopecia. She also has alopecia, but oh he wears God. a wig. And no one knows about it. And so the whole story is kind of about her firstly trying to find out to confirm if he has alopecia, but also trying to get him on board to become the face of um, NAF, which is the National Alopecia Areata Foundation. That is, um, I am obsessed with this. Oh, you're just blowing my mind. Um, can you tell me a little bit about, because obviously like you mentioned with your sister and with middle school, like, yes, there are, you know, you didn't just have this person pull your wig off and then we're like, I'm confident forever now. So, um, do you mind telling me to the extent that you're comfortable, maybe what like a rough day looks like for you these days? Yeah. So I would say rough days don't always look the same. Like it could Mm -hmm. be someone's someone says something not directed to me, mm-hmm. but maybe something about hair and I've just been having mm. a day and it could be even obviously as I've grown older, I've grown thicker skin. And so things don't, I don't really care about things as much, but just like comments about hair, mm-hmm. like, or like making insensitive comments. Mm. So that has sometimes like 
made my day worse. And so when that happens, I would say I try to collect myself and if I can, maybe write in my journal or talk Mm -hmm. to someone. But at the end of the day, it's really about me just looking back and reflecting and telling myself like I've come so far and like I'm, I am like a confident person that I am today. And so it's really just about picking myself up even, you know, it's okay to have rough days, but just how you bounce back from that. Oh my gosh, Allison, run for office. I will like run your campaign. Like, let's go. Um, So obviously there is a big, when you get to a place of confidence, again, like again, at 16, that is so phenomenal, but there's a big jump, I think, between self-acceptance and advocacy because it's, you know, it takes so much to get to a place where you genuinely feel good with alopecia and then to go the, that extra mile and use your story and your words and your actions to make things better for others so they can in turn self-accept. That definitely is my why. And in getting to know you, I find very much that that is your why as well, which is why I think you're such a sparkle human. Can you tell me about getting that jump for you, getting to self-acceptance to going into advocacy? Yeah. So I agree with you. I think it's definitely important to develop self-acceptance before you go into advocating for others. Um, Well, I started my advocacy work about two years ago. So nine years of having alopecia. So it's definitely been a really long time. And I think it does take, it takes time to be able to um, really accept yourself and accept your appearance. Um, so I think that that's definitely really important, but now going into, I guess, like advocacy, it's really interesting because I get to help other people who are on the journey of self-acceptance and, you know, uh, with my work for trying to get HR, the bill HR 5430 passed, that's, and I know even though that I don't wear a wig anymore, wigs are, can be really important Mm -hmm. to people who have alopecia as a way of self-acceptance, um, along their own journey. Yes. So I obviously want to shout out the little group that Allison and I are a part of. Um, it is the Alopecia Justice League. And that started with Allison, her mother, Julie Yu, myself, and Dr. Kristen Lasico at NYU, who was my very first podcast interview. And she's a wonderful listen if you haven't listened to that yet. Um, we have sort of come together with NAF to become legislative liaisons. So what that basically means is taking our sparkle power and our alopecia knowledge and advocacy and trying to, you know, reach out to representatives to implement actual change for people with alopecia. Um, And sort of our big item on our list of recent is a bill, which as Allison mentioned is HR 5430. And it would provide insurance coverage for wigs under the Medicare program, because that currently is not the case. And I love that you said that, even though you don't, I feel very similarly. We're like, I don't wear wigs, but I want to do my best to fight for everyone to have choice. Mm -hmm. Um, I love that you said that because I think about that And my friends have asked me this where they're like, what if it all came back? Um, Like, what if the hair on the top of my head came back? And I really sat with that question. And honestly, I truly feel like alopecia, as you have said so artfully, like it makes me who I am. And not that I'd be like 
ang- I wouldn't be like, Oh, like, you know, I wouldn't be angry, but I certainly like, I would not walk away from being a support group leader. I would not walk away from this podcast. I would not walk away from being a legislative liaison. I, all that work, it is because of my alopecia that I have learned patience and compassion and wanting to like fight for other people. And so, yeah, I thank you for saying that, Allison, because yeah. Do you ever give any sort of thought to like, if your hair all came back? I mean, it's definitely crossed my mind. Mm-hmm living because for as long as I remember I have been bald but Mm -hmm. I agree with you if I even if I did get my hair back I would never stop advocating and supporting other people of the alopecia community yeah 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 I mean we're so lucky to have you and as again like I with especially these days with everything going on like just hearing voices like yours um of people who you know, can acknowledge the bad days, can deal with them in a healthy way, can lean on people when they need to have this amazing support system. Um, and also like from self-acceptance to advocacy, that is so amazing. Um, yeah. So definitely give, uh, at alopecia justice league, a follow you guys, because Allison manages that Instagram pretty much all by herself. She is so wonderful in spearheading, um, all of our touch bases with, um, the Alopecia Justice League. And I know we're just getting started, but yeah, this bill HR 5430 is something that's really near and dear to us. Um, you know, we've been able to obviously have the support of Congresswoman Ayanna Presley, who we are huge fans of. Um, and, you know, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez has signed on to support this bill as well. And we are in the works of reaching out to various representatives to hop on board because like, get on it. It's the future and it's exciting. Um, but I love that you mentioned that, like, even though we ourselves do not wear wigs, like this is so important to us because we know with alopecia, there's this almost like lack of choice. Like a lot of the time you feel pretty powerless. Um, so we are working on giving people the power. Yes. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else like Allison Lee taking over the world, like with alopecia advocacy, like anything else in the works? Yes. So right now the alopecia justice league is working on a montage yes! launching it. And we've been working really hard, all four of us um, for the past couple of months. And the montage project is focused on raising awareness for the bill and also just raising awareness for alopecia in general. And so what we've done is, we have collect or we have um, gotten a bunch of inf- alopecia influencers, doctors, um, and us three on board to create the message that the message is wig should be a choice because alopecia, alopecia isn't support HR 5430. And so this is a really strong message. And I think this really embodies the goal of the Alopecia Justice League, which is to raise awareness for alopecia and also the bill. And so we're really excited to launch this because I think that it will really bring a lot of awareness and attention to our Instagram account. Mm-hmm. Uh, which obviously will bring attention to the bill and also alopecia in general. Absolutely. And yeah, again, Allison has just been so amazing at doing so much of the legwork on the reach outs. Dr. Lasico has reached out to colleagues, like wonderful hair loss doctors who have just sent in photos. Um, so again, be sure to go over to at Alopecia Justice League on Instagram. Give us a follow, check it out because she we're doing that good, good work. And like, thank goodness we have Allison Lee on our team because yo, amazing. So 
Allison, this has been an incredibly uplifting conversation and I just feel ready to like literally run your presidential campaign. Um, what is your kind of in summation, like what is your advice to people with alopecia? Yeah, I would say that regardless of wherever you are on your journey, that you are beautiful. I think that's something you are beautiful regardless of um what others may say about you and it's really about finding yourself and coming to self-acceptance and always look to others look to your parents look to your friends to people who can support you to help you go further on your alopecia journey and i would say that if you've reached the next level of self-acceptance and you've become very confident um in your own skin um, take it to the next level and join an advocacy work, not to plug in, um, the justice league, but think about ways that you can help others in the alopecia community, because I think that that's really important, especially with people who are younger being role models to, um, younger kids and teenagers with alopecia. I think that that's really amazing. Well, you were the best. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening. Very Nearly Almost was conceived, created, hosted, written, produced, and edited by me, Lindsay Sullivan. Follow at Very Nearly Almost or at Lynn Sully 1021. That's a double S in there for updates on the pod and much more. Kelsey Logan created the gorgeous music with Chef's Kiss Music Production by Colin Coogan. The incredible logo art was created by graphics wizard Ryan Casey and inspired by photographer extraordinaire Caitlin McNaney. You can check the art out right next to the subscribe button. As the kids say... I'd hit that. See you next time.